to The Color of Success, The Black Academic Experience. My name is Brianna. And I am Maditito. And we are so excited to bring you the season of The Color of Success. So we had recorded our first episode and we had introduced ourselves. And then after recording all our guests, we had to up our game. So today we're going to have a fun little game where we introduce ourselves. We introduce what we wanted to achieve with this podcast, but we're going to draw cards. So the first card, (laughs) Brianna, can you tell us who you are, where you're from and what you did before grad school? All right, so my name is Brianna. I am currently a fifth-year doctoral candidate at the University of North Carolina, Greensboro. Before starting this program, I was a physical education teacher in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. I taught with middle schoolers, and there, that's where, you know, I had a first-hand seat at the education system and all of its... (laughs) joys and its pains and it kind of led me to my program here at UNCG um oh yeah also to add I'm from Maryland um that is where I grew up and I was raised and I still have family there so yeah I'm just a little what do they call people that come to a different city transplant yeah transplant here in North Carolina I've been here for about the past 15 years oh my god (laughs) if you're a transplant what am I (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, so my Ciso, tell us a little bit about yourself. Right, so yeah, I can't think of a better word for a transplant, <laughs> but my name is Mari Tito. I am an international student, also at UNC Greensboro, and I'm from Lesotho, which is in the south of Africa. I came here in 2019 to start my grad program. And before that, I was a teacher trainer. So before that, I was a math teacher, and then I was a teacher trainer. And so now the point was to get my PhD so I can go back and continue being a teacher trainer. Yeah, go ahead, Bree. Draw the next card. All right. So the next question I ask, why did you choose to go to grad school? <sighs> There's so many reasons. So I was actually recruited for my job so that I could come to grad school and teach testing and measurement to teachers in training. I guess that's the technical reason or the professional reason of why I chose to come to grad school. But I think, you know, my family's always been education oriented, um, particularly my maternal grandmother. She used to pray a lot over her children and her grandchildren to go to school. And we all have degrees. And so it just was always what was expected. I chose to come to the U.S. because the way that grad school works in the U.S. is that you do a lot of coursework before you do a dissertation, whereas in other parts of the world, you apply to a supervisor with a dissertation topic and a semi-fleshed out proposal already. So this was a less traumatic way to do a Ph.D. And how do you think that your interest evolved um, since you've been in the U.S., especially in grad school? Oh, so much. So I am doing a PhD in educational measurement, which is not as big in other parts of the world as it is here. But now that I've seen sort of what it is, I'm not sure. It, I think it's with great reason that it's not as big in other parts of the world. But basically, I think my interest or at least the interest with the program was to understand more about psychometrics, to be able to implement some of these state-of-the-art analyses 
But I think really my personhood just cannot do that uncritically. And so a lot of my interests have changed in that I have learned to infuse who I am, my beliefs, my my race, my beliefs about my race, my understanding and knowledge of history into what I'm doing. And so I guess I think I've I've learned to bring more of myself into what I do. But yeah, my interests have shifted from like technical mathematics, psychometrics, statistical things to more reasoned, principled, critical, but also um, better communicated. So right, like so not just saying what our results are and what they mean for everyone, but sort of putting it in the context of who we are, what our beliefs are, what decisions we make and things like that. Um, it's always nice to hear about that, especially since you said part of your reason for coming to the program was because you didn't have to necessarily have a gung-ho idea for what you wanted your <laughs> dissertation to be on. So what it would have been if you had to Ooh. <laughs> seems I, to be very different. I mean, I'm thinking back on the proposal piece. I don't know if I could have done that on my own. This is probably why there are not a lot of PhDs, <laughs> right? Yeah. To be able to sit by yourself with not a lot of guidance and come up with a topic and a proposal, I think I think that that's harder than... That, that was probably the hardest part of this journey. How about you? So choosing to go to grad school, as I said a little earlier, I was a physical education teacher and I had a lot of interests that aligned with students, let's say students, not necessarily schools, but the betterment of students and like how to make students their best selves both in and outside of the classroom because school is only one aspect of a child's life. However, it is the place where they spend the majority of their time. And so I had a, you know, approach to teaching that didn't necessarily align with some of the approaches that more established teachers were using. I just really wanted students to have a place where they could feel comfortable and grow, even if it necessarily wasn't the area that I felt like. Mm, Let me go back. So I became a physical education teacher because... I feel like the physical education classroom gives students the opportunity to tap into other parts of themselves that they may not see in a traditional classroom. So I would always just preface with the fact that I wanted my students to grow in some aspect when they left this classroom. Like, no, you may not be the best athlete when you leave this classroom, but you may have a new idea of what sportsmanship looks like or how to communicate with people because those are all skills that you do need um, in sports, but you also need in real life. And so because those were my priorities, my experiences in education just weren't the greatest because I saw firsthand, you know, disparities in how students were treated based off of maybe their racial background, their socioeconomic background, whatever the case may be. And I just wanted to enter a space where I felt like I could change some of those programs or those policies around students and I did a lot of research on different types of programs because I wasn't sure of the direction, like if I wanted to go towards like an educational leadership or an educational policy type program. I mean, I stumbled upon this program because I was in this general area. And after talking to some of the faculty that was here at the time, it just seemed like they had a real investment in social justice and trying to reframe how we think through a lot of these processes. So that is what attracted me to this program and specifically the evaluation, program evaluation side of the program, which if I haven't said, I'm also in the same program as Maisie So, However, she's on the more testing and measurement and I am on the program evaluation side of the program which is more like qualitative in nature I would say is a lot of the focus of the people or the students in that program. 
Okay, here's a little fun one. What's your favorite self-care practice? I know that's fun, but it's not necessarily the easiest one. <laughs> to answer honestly. <laughs> On air. <laughs> However, my favorite self-care practice, I really love to spend money. <laughs> so I like to shop. I like to buy nice jewelry. That's really like a hobby of mine, creating jewelry that I wear, you know, from time to time. Sometimes I don't ever wear it, but I just like the process of creating it. Um, I also really like creating things in general. So I will do things like garden, bake um, bread, make bread, make ginger bugs, you know, whatever I feel like creating at the moment. Um, I'm a DIY person. So anything that uses my hands is really a good um, form of self-care for me because it allows me to tap out of like school and just focus on something that's very tangible and I can experience success in a short amount of time. (laughs) You definitely are the let's start knitting. (laughs) Let's plant seedlings, friend. I think for me... I really do enjoy things where I take time out of my day. So early on in the program, I I enjoyed going for a run. And just not just for the fitness, not just for the mental health, but just saying this is an hour that I'm taking to myself. And it just gave me space to think when I couldn't do that anymore after I fell and broke my knee. (laughs) (laughs) I did quite enjoy like going for acupuncture, which was nice. It's also just a way to get out time out of my week to be with myself. But I think later in the program, definitely going for therapy like that is the biggest form of self-care. And I think it's it's just been so needed, so instrumental in sort of just keeping as grounded but also understanding sort of just in general people need to have the space to unpack but definitely through this process where there's so many things to consider so many expectations so that has been a nice little self-care thing that we do all right so i'll pull another question oh this is a big one So why did you choose to start the Color of Success podcast? (laughs) You probably should start this one because this again was another of your, hey, let's do a podcast. But I think, you know, just to to say that this had been the next in a series of let's learn, let's do something creative. Let's step out of these dissertations, out of just thinking in terms of only our academics. And so when you had said this to me, I think personally, I can just say it sort of interacted with my realizing that I also don't talk about myself enough, right? Like you often get bogged down into being yourself that you don't see yourself from an outside perspective. And so just being a way to express my ideas, my thoughts. Yeah, so that's why I accepted when you made the offer. (laughs) You did undersell it because you said we can record it in one summer. It'll be one and done. We can release it. And it has been more, more taxing, more demanding, but also so much more rewarding. So talking to people, I think initially when we did it, it was to... It was out of frustration that we're going through all of this. What did other people do when they went through this? And so just talking to people and seeing, first of all, hearing that they made it, right? Like the end is is nigh. (laughs) People can do it. Exactly. We can do it too. (laughs) 
So hearing that there is an end in sight was nice, but also just hearing the experiences and just being validated in, you know, some of our guests were sharing things, similar things that we were going through, like similar experiences that we were going through. Some of them were even highlighting things that we minimize, right? Like, but that we still had to go through. So it has been so rewarding to go through this process of learning from others, hearing from others, but also celebrating them, right? Like, be, and I think for some of them, some of our guests are just like, no one calls me doctor. And it's like, absolutely not. Like, after all the stress and strain, like, we, you know, we celebrate you. And so, yeah. How about you? Can you tell our listeners why you came up or how you came up with this idea? <laughs> well, so the colors success. The podcast really just I felt was like a space that I feel like black professionals, especially those with doctoral degrees needed too often behind closed doors. You know, you have these conversations. Oh, girl, it's stressful over here because X, Y and Z or they won't. Da, da, da. But there's never been a platform to highlight those experiences. Well, let me not say there's never been, but there aren't enough platforms that highlight these experiences. And these are conversations that need to be heard, not only to reaffirm people like us who are going through these experiences, but to show people who may not be able to identify with these experiences what it's like and what maybe spark conversations on how these environments can be changed to be more accommodating of black professionals and graduate programs. I think uh, I do agree. I undersold the whole idea. <laughs> I thought it would be like a quick, easy summer project. But once we started, it just it didn't necessarily take off as fast as we thought. But we really enjoyed providing that space and that look on a lot of our visitors face like after our interviews is just like oh so rewarding because they're just like wow like I've never had this opportunity to reflect or in a sense kind of be validated that those reflections matter like they're worth speaking up on and so I feel like that's very powerful and it's something that I really enjoy doing and I enjoy doing with Maritito so it's been great and that's why we have decided to start this space yeah and and really i mean i don't want to oversell it but we are so excited to share some of these episodes okay one more oh this is easy for me but who's your biggest cheerleader my biggest cheerleader so i don't get in trouble i'll say my biggest cheerleader is my husband (laughs) (laughs) mr singletary but no to be honest i think my cheerleaders come in different forms like depending on what i need i go to certain people so like if i need support that's just kind of like reassuring it'll be okay and not trying to get too deep into like what the issue is i definitely go to my husband because he's never been through a doctoral program so i can't expect him to sit here and let's discuss my dissertation <laughs> with me all day. However, I do often go to my CISO, especially about school and just the way that I think about these problems that we are faced with as students. Because um, sometimes I'm like, girl, I do not understand. Is it me or is it <laughs> them? And I internalize that it's me, but she has to remind me that it is them. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, my cheerleaders are many different people, but those are two big ones to name a couple. Well, mine is obvious uh, because it's my daughter. Her name is Noni and she really, you know, other than being brave and moving across countries to be here with me as I do this um, program, she really is, you know, just this morning, she woke me up with a cup of coffee 
and I just I was telling my best friend like I think I've arrived like she <laughs> made the most beautiful cup of cappuccino for me <laughs> and there's no there's no better love language than than that but also I think you know as black people we come from villages right like and so it's always like a village standing behind us and i think that really is part of what this is also is just creating that village and celebrating that village because our families are here right like um our spouses our children but also friends also you know yeah. extended family members and 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 it's just so important sometimes as grad students to have cheerleaders that don't know anything that you're going through where you could just go be like oh like, let's just have fun and not worry about all this academic stress <laughs> i've got a few friends yeah <laughs> that i just love to escape with <laughs> um, that is important yeah well we are very excited for the season our next episode is going to be a very special guest dr hooks <laughs> <laughs> and so we can't wait for you to um, go on this journey with us. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, you. Yes, you. Don't forget to subscribe, hit the bell button, and the like button. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at underscore color of success. Bye bye now.